0: On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast, we're up to the first real ballad. And, uh, you know, no no uh, shade to the ballad of Dorothy Parker, which was previously on the album. That's not a real ballad, but we're up to the first real ballad on Sign of the Times, and that is Slow Love. And joining me to chat about this sultry throwback song is Farouk Ansari. Welcome back to the show, Farouk.
1: Very glad to be here. Um, thanks yet again for having me. I'm looking forward to this one. It's... For me, it's quite an underrated track on the album, but as you know, Simon Times is my favorite Prince album, so I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to
0: it. Yeah, this is, I would say, I would agree with that. This is not a song that often gets cited as being one of the standouts of the album when people start listing, like, oh, what are your favorite Sign of the Times songs? You, you, from Especially from a ballad standpoint, songs like Adore and even Forever in My Life get shined more than Slow Love, I would say um and then of course you've got all of the more kind of idiosyncratic songs like the ballad of dorothy parker and uh if i was your girlfriend and you got the really funny f- funk songs like "Housequake," and you got the look but um yeah slow love it's just one of those songs that kind of gets buried on the second side if you've got the record so side two if i remember correctly is it's it starfish and coffee slow love and hot thing in the forever of my life if i remember the the track listing which is a really kind of interesting collection of songs um i think it's a pretty eclectic collection of songs for sure and slow love is like right in the middle of that right between sandwich between uh starfish and coffee which is a really kind of fun and childlike fable to hot thing which comes right after which is just just dumping uh, dance beat and then you got slow love in between that and it's just kind of a throwback song it kind of feels a little bit like anachronistic in terms of um you know the song or the album sign of the times the music that's put out Mm -hmm. there and i and i think that's probably why a lot of times it gets forgotten about is just because of how old-fashioned it sounds in some ways but not in a bad way just like a throw like i said kind of like a throwback i mean do you do you kind of have a different thought about Slow Love in terms of its placement on the album or just like why, what draws you to it, Farouk?
1: So, no, I, I think, Jason, that's a really, really sound analysis and I agree with you. It is, there's something quite retro about it, isn't there? In terms of the horns and the broader arrangements, even even, the vocals, actually. And like you say, I think the thing with Sign of the Times when it came out, everyone saw it as this kind of dark, apocalyptic and futuristic piece by Prince, having abandoned the revolution. So a lot of the focus was on, like, the title track, and the housequake because he was, you know, uh, he was doing stuff there that, you know, he hadn't really done on a mainstream album for a long time. And then, like you said, the relentless kind of mechanical, almost industrial beat of it. And then, so I love is kind of somewhere in there. I actually only really noticed it when i watched the um son of the times movie and he does this fantastic performance um i think which really brings the song to life but like you say it is this it almost feels like a break from the rest of the album on that side
0: yeah i would agree with that and like side two is just so interesting the way it was sequenced and tracked to put this right before a song i mean the song is slow love so as we go through the lyrics you'll and anybody who hasn't heard it or isn't that familiar with it you figure out quickly that it's a song about making love slowly (laughs) and but then right right next to that you have this really lustful uh dance track hot thing which is talking about prince like seeing this really hot woman and well wanting to have sex with her so it's It's like two sides of a very similar coin um you know the desire to express sexual intimacy with a person but for two kind of different reasons one because of like the physical attraction and like the initial uh lustful gaze and and uh, approach towards that like i see somebody hot i need to get with them and that's hot thing um slow love feels more romantic you know it has like a lot of romantic imagery in it you kind of get the feeling that it's a song more about trying to woo somebody trying to approach their relationship at a different angle like if we take it slowly and if we take our time it will be much better where a song like it or a song like hot thing is not really interested in that approach (laughs) at least that's not what i get from that those two songs in particular
1: i I think that's a fair assessment yeah yeah Yeah.
0: it's just it's like it's a very just interesting way of taking the two different styles of of songs even though they have very similar aspects to it and delivering them to completely different ways
1: in a weird way actually jason it it, kind of reminds me of it it is a bit of a it feels a bit odd in context, like you said, with Hot Thing in it and the rest of that stuff. And the ballad of Dorothy Parker, which isn't really a ballad. It's a, no. it's a kind of very idiosyncratic hideous, pop song, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a work of genius, but it's not a ballad in, in the same way, to an extent, I think, in that he stuck When Two Are In Love onto the Black Album. Mm-hmm. It 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 kind of works, but it doesn't work thematically, if you
0: know what I mean. No, not at all. That's definitely the outlier on the black album, without question. Uh, so I don't know. Part of it, part of it may be a little bit because of the a little bit of the history behind the song. So I don't know if you're aware. You probably are knowing knowing you and knowing your research and knowing how much you enjoy <laughs> digging into things like I do um, this is a this is a co-written song right so this isn't yeah. a complete Carol completely, yes. exactly this isn't a completely prince composition you know and it wasn't one that he just um, you know dove into and just came out with two days later. this is a collaboration of sorts not, from what my research also like this this version of a collaboration wasn't like he and carol davis were in a studio together working side by side that's not how she described how this happened um so i'm going to explain i'm just going to quickly reiterate what i read and from her account is that she had written a song called slow love she carol davis is a an actress slash singer from the 80s she was in a couple movies um flamingo kid and mannequin that people might be aware of but she was also a singer as well and a songwriter and so she wrote the lyrics to slow love um and prince and carol must have met at some point i don't remember exactly how they met and maybe you know and you can fill me in after i tell my story if you if you're aware of that story as well but he prince liked liked it he liked the lyrics and wanted to buy the song from her offered to do so for a flat fee she declined and so then instead it was um agreed that she would get co-writing credit on whenever the song would be you know would show it show up on a on an official prince album because i think the song dates back to like 1984 at least that's what the uh, assumption is and um sure enough you know it did a few years later show up on a prince album sign of the times and there there's her name in the credits carol co-written by carol davis so she got her co-writing credit you know and whatever residuals that she earned from that and um she'll be forever remembered as a co-writer on a prince album which is a pretty cool thing considering prince was a very uh singular uh songwriter and and producer and composer so a lot of the stuff that he has done over his career was by himself so to have co-writers on a prince song is not that common really if you think about it i can think of before this you have your soft and wets with chris moon you have official and i'm just talking official co-writing we're not talk, diving into the, <laughs> the slippery slope of which songs were potentially co-written by other uh, musicians and other band members and that ever got the credit we're not we're not going there but you've got the chris yeah. moon one for soft and wet and you've got the it, the song right before this starfish and coffee which Susanna melbourne gets a co-writing credit so kind of unique from that standpoint so i think a lot of these lyrics uh, were original to K- carol's um song and then prince took it and and tweaked it and added some things and you know added his own flavor to it and so that's that's where we get the, the final version of the lyrics to "Slow Love" is that kind of how you read the story or yeah, understand yeah, it?
1: Yeah, I can't. Uh, that 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 kind of tallies broadly with my understanding of the the whole inception of the song. I mean, I think, like you said, Carol davies came up with the ini- the initial lyrics, and Prince and Carol met sometime in the early eighties. Um, so obviously, there was some to and fro around the lyrics and so on. So. That, like you said, the initial version, I believe, was recorded in 1984, June 1984, um, uh, at, the, um, uh, at his home studio in Sanhasa. And then, then in true Prince fashion, he forgot about it for about two years. And, um, and, and then I think in 1986, he worked, he kind of dug it out of the vault or, you know, whatever the terminology was then. And then they recorded at the Galpin Boulevard home studio, because um, he'd moved house by then. And and that was a configuration that made it onto what was going to be Dream Factory and then eventually turned into the, the kind of finalised iteration of Sign of the Times. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's a lot of, like you said, it's unusual for Prince to be so collaborative, particularly on an album like Sign of the Times, which is really about him ditching the revolution and making his own mark so uh, it must have resonated at some at some high level with him i think
0: Mm -hmm. uh yeah it must have it must have because for him to even seek out somebody else's lyrics and say i want that song i'll pay you for it or give you co-writing credit speaks uh pretty much you know speaks volumes i guess to how he felt about it um what his thoughts were on it and and i don't know if it if it was because he liked the thought that it was a song about making love having sex from a woman's perspective and that was maybe intriguing to him because of course all of his sex songs were written from his perspective and you know from you know from his experiences or his thoughts on it it's to sort of put a song out there a print song that has maybe a little different angle i guess um uh, mm. might might have intrigued him. I'm not sure, but um yeah, I mean it's just it is uh, a, maybe it is he's a, just an an really hot on Carol
1: Davis. So.
0: I, I, you know that, that's not completely out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> uh she denies that they ever had a relationship, but uh doesn't mean that there wasn't flirtation or any kind of attraction between the two. Indeed. Or even if it was one sided, doesn't really matter. Um you know what we got was what we got and the thing okay so a couple of things i wanted to mention to kind of go back to statements you made about prince really kind of wanting to turn or make sign of the times as like a a statement album and for many reasons but also a statement like i i'm prince you know i can make this this album by myself i don't really need anybody else's help or assistance for the most part removing the revolution's Uh, contributions to the songs that were recorded for the uh, Crystal Ball Dream Factory type projects that were being considered at the time. And but for this one actually still he kept the Wendy and Lisa backing vocals. So this is another one. Most people cite it's going to be a beautiful night because that was full band revolution live performance that he kept. And so there's a lot of like, oh, but that's really like the only song with the revolution that he kept on Sign of the Times. And yes, as a full band, that's correct. But Wendy and Lisa are still credited as backing vocals for Slow Love from when they recorded it before the revolution was disbanded. So he kept their backing vocals instead of, you know, re recording them, you know, double track and triple tracking with his own vocals or having Susanna do it just left them in there. And I mean, it's not a prominent part of the song. There's a couple really kind of point points in the song where their vocals shine a little brighter for the most part, though, it's just kind of in the background and they're just singing along, uh, which is also kind of a throwback, you know, having the, the background singers, you know, you, you imagine the, the, the old soul singers singing, and then you have to their side, slightly behind them, a trio or a duo of of women singing kind of co-leads or just backing up the the lead singer and just adding that element to it and it kind of feels like that for me as well um and so that's kind yeah. of interesting for that and then also claire fisher shows up on this song still so there were other songs that contained his contributions from you know the string section his um his orchestration and they were removed, um, either because it just didn't really fit. Ultimately, the the style that Prince was looking for for this record, you know, that was kind of more of a parade thing, not so much of a sign of the times thing. But it really works well for Slow Love, and it was like if you're going to leave uh, orchestration on any song on this album, this would be one to do it on, I think, and it works uh, impeccably. And I'm glad he left it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. This um, this song is made for Claire Fisher. I think you know the the kind of richness of the orchestration really really drives the track. Whereas I think on a lot of the other songs, it kind of augments the track. If you know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, about going back to Wendy and Lisa, obviously. Um, yeah, uh, it. I think it kind of works, and I, but I, for for years I didn't realize they had any involvement on that track because listening to it at face value, you just would never guess
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really vocal-heavy song. It's a really vocal-heavy song. It's about four minutes and 20 seconds, and it's all vocals. Like, there's no intro music. You get... He right to Prince's voice. and And because of the way it's sung... I mean, there's like three verses and a couple choruses, but because of how he sings it, which... Um, obviously is very slow <laughs> if it it's the tone of the of the song uh, it's very appropriate the way he sings it's very appropriate considering the lyrics and and considering what what the theme of the song is is taking things slowly so prince deliberately sings the lines very slowly and draws them out and especially in the chorus he draws that slow out forever but yeah yeah i mean it's it's on the nose but it's also very Uh, apt and it works very well there's no musical breakdowns there's no guitar solos or synth solos or anything like that it's just singing for four minutes and 20 seconds straight and you know if you're following along and just like waiting for the chorus and then you look down and at your the timer and it's like wow the song's almost over and then um, i'm waiting for the the bridge or i'm waiting for you know the the musical outro and it's like no you you're not going to get that you're just going to get singing the whole time uh so speaking of singing and speaking of lyrics let's i guess jump into it um all right so as i mentioned there is no opening music so the song kicks right off with the lyrics and those lyrics are young is the night it feels so right now that you're mine let's take our time In the moon is smiling, for he knows what I'm dreaming of. Tonight is the night for making slow love. So that's the, the what I consider the first verse. And depending on what website you use or how it's structured and wherever you're looking at it, you know, they consider two groupings of words, two groupings of lyrics to be the first verse, but whatever. I'm gonna call this the first verse for just the purposes of, of our analysis and our looking at the lyrics. Okay, so um so, Farouk, with this first verse, is there any, like anything that you wanted to point out? I mean, the the lyrics are kind of there to tell a story, but there it's not... I don't think there's a lot of hidden meanings in this song so much.
1: <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's one of those cryptic, you, you know, um, nuanced songs that Prince wrote. Uh, it, it's the, the thing that gets me about the song, Jason, and I don't know what you think. It's almost like the lyrics are quite cliched, but in a tongue-in-cheek way. And we know Prince was always quite a tongue-in-cheek artist, which a lot of I think non-Prince fans don't understand about him. That half the time he was actually just you know doing things with a with with a with a nod and a wink. And I, I think a lot of the song, from the orchestration, from the over top, top orchestration and horns to to the lyrics. Um, just point to that for me I, I just think this is I don't know what Carol was thinking maybe she thought that was um, you know that was a credible love song uh, but I, coming from a Prince perspective and particularly in the context of Sign of the Times there is something about that whole performance which is almost so so over the top and so I'm not going to use the word cliched but so obviously ballady and jazzy and horny that it seems and i mean horny in both senses of the word um that that's i i do believe it's not quite entirely serious
0: Hmm. yeah interesting i mean i would agree that like when you read these lyrics out out uh, without the music and without the performance which also i think the reason why the song works is the performance not so much like wow that's a really cool lyric it's more about the performance and how prince sings it um, and and one thing that i think of sometimes is like which of these lyrics is carols which of them are princes and it, the only clue that i have is carol recorded her own version of this song it came out on her album and that was released i think in 89 We'd yeah, actually... we
1: forgot to mention that earlier, actually, didn't we? It was yeah. Our, uh, was it um? Was it uh, Heart of Gold?
0: Heart yeah. of Gold, correct. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And I guess it was like a hidden track. So like it wasn't even like listed on the track. Like you know, the CD era that was a thing people did in the CD era was hide tracks at the end. Um, and I guess this was a. If I understand correctly, I think this was a hidden track. So that's interesting. Like she didn't even use it to like sell records. Like, hey, you know, I co-wrote this song with Prince, and uh, I'm gonna feature it, and I'm gonna tell everybody that this is on my new record. I'm my version of it. It's hidden, uh, but I listened to it, and this first verse, like this whole section of lyrics, is identical with one very minor, and I don't think very significant change. So Prince says the man in the moon is smiling. I guess when I hear her sing it, she says the man on the moon is smiling. Whatever, I don't yeah. think it really meant. I don't, I personally don't think that is very significant, but um, otherwise, the rest of these lyrics are identical, so it kind of makes me wonder like, right. did, she, did she sing? Is her version sung using only lyrics that she wrote, uh, and what she gave Prince, and maybe the other stuff was because they're not identical across the board. It's not like I mean, I'll talk about the differences when we get to them, but for that section of lyrics, it's all the same except for in versus on the moon so it makes me kind of wonder and i'm just leaping to a conclusion here that this was pretty much a carol carol verse like this is what she wrote and gave to prince and he just kind of kept it uh don't know that for a fact but yeah um but yeah the, the lyrics aren't that deep it's just really kind of setting the stage young is the night it feels so right simple rhyme pattern now that you're mind let's take our time um and the man in the moon is smiling. I mean, I, I don't think too much about that, but it does always kind of make me wonder: where did that come from? Like, where where did the man in the moon? You know that imagery that we get. And I did. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole researching the man in the moon, and <laughs> I'm like, because what? Because I don't really even really know what that means. I hear that sometimes, and then I'm like, am I supposed to be thinking of that? Those old classic old old movie images where you see, like, the moon, you have that face kind of transposed on it. So it's almost like somebody can look up into the moon and see a, a human face on, on the moon.
1: Yeah, uh, I believe that's where it comes from, certainly in kind of broader European, not mythology so much, but in terms of fairy tales and the rest of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I went down a rabbit hole, so then I started seeing all these old... <laughs> myth- like these uh, mythological references and how the man of the moon meant different things to different parts of the world and in different cultures. And I'm like, Oh no, I can't, (laughs) I'm not going to like dissect like what the Japanese think of the man of the moon and what, you know, uh, Indian and South America. I mean, no, I I can't do it. I can't do it. That's just too much time consuming. And, and really the man (coughs) of the moon is smiling just to me means like, uh you know the the heavens and the stars are looking down on us and and they're kind of you know the universe is on board with this coupling this this relationship um it's 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 faded it's in the stars you know as they say and that's kind of what i get from it
1: yeah yeah i think so i'm just going off on a slight tangent um in terms of uh, the man in the moon so there was a um there's a 17th century novel by a famous English, well, not famous, <laughs> but a prominent English, theology, theologian called, um, I can't remember name now, Francis Good, Goodwin, who um, wrote a novel called The Man in the Moon, which was kind of connected to theories around astronomy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and bringing in some divinity. So it's been around for a very long time.
0: Yeah, that was that was what I got too. Is that this this concept of the man in the moon has been around? forever so to really kind of pinpoint the origin of it is very very difficult to the point of impossible i would say
1: i think it's it's one of those phrases that everyone knows but no one ever actually thinks about you, you can't <laughs> exactly. Take it that. <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly that's why i was like i never think about it when i was listening to the song casually and then when i was starting you know research for the song in preparation for the episode i'm like wait wait what are they saying here what is what is the origin of that what is the intent of putting that that phrase in here and then you know basically that's like i said i like went down the rabbit hole but uh, <laughs> i there, pulled there, myself there's, out
1: <laughs> there's probably a subreddit somewhere devoted to oh it. god
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't be i won't be diving into that after this episode i'm done with the man <laughs> all well, right um likewise yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so anything else on this section of lyrics, for Before we move on,
1: not really. I mean, I think like we've both agreed, Jason. There's there isn't a huge amount of it. It is what it is. It kind of works. Mm-hmm. It there's that it works with the lazy delivery. It, like you said, it's a really simple rhyme pattern. Mm-hmm. There aren't there is not too much hidden meaning. Um, apart from if we fall down the man in the moon rabbit hole, of course. But apart from yeah. that. Um, I don't think it warrants particularly deep analysis but like I said, I do believe it's all certainly Prince's take on it There, there is a, a kind of tongue-in-cheek element there in terms of yeah. how it's delivered and, and and just how straightforward it is as well, it's not, I mean it's not a door is it?
0: No, and maybe that's also why it doesn't quite resonate with as many people is because the lyrics are maybe a little bit too simplistic uh there isn't those there aren't those lines that people are drawn to in this song in the same way that they are in Forever in My Life or "Adore." But just just a thought. All right. So we'll move on. Um and and there really is no innuendo in that first section of lyrics, but we start to get a little more innuendo here, the next one. The- Uh, the gentle breeze it blows with ease let's make it slow just like the wind blows let's make- Make it last forever. For a hundred times won't be enough. Tonight is the night for making slow love. So now we're getting a little more innuendo. Uh, it's it I wouldn't. It's definitely not racy. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing racy about it. But it's still you start to think. I mean, the song is slow love, and you're you know saying making slow love, so it's about having sex. And with these lines, you know, with using the word blows twice. The gentle breeze blows with ease, just like the wind blows. And then using the word it twice, let's make it slow. Let's make it last forever. And of course, Prince has a song on this side of the album called It, which is about what you think it is sex. So uh, it's not the most subtle, um, even though it still tries to maintain some level of subtlety and class you know with its lyrics it's it's not it's not (laughs) it's not crass i mean it's it's certainly meant to be to explore those themes of of love making and sensuality and you know with the gentle breeze blowing on them um 100 times won't be enough kind of implies that you know each time is going to be better than the last and you'll continue to look forward to making love and You know, I like all that, and it's just, it's just adds a little more, it gets a little more to the point, I guess, is what I'm trying to say with this section.
1: Um, That was a really interesting point about the word it, actually, Jason, I've never, never picked up on that. This, this verse kind of bothers me. Um, It always slightly grates because (laughs) of the fact that he uses the word, or Carol penned the word blows twice
0: i know it's like twice
1: (laughs) exactly and it just seems it almost seems like you've run out of ideas and you're trying to make a rhyme there right so we're gonna use word that i've already used two lines above which is i think you know uh it's not, not like an achilles heel but it's it's one of the weaker points of the song and again it's um There's nothing hugely profound with this, unless you read too much into the word blows. Um, But then I wonder if that's the case, actually. Uh, I I just think it's, again, you see, my my hypothesis, as you're probably beginning to realise, Jason, is that Prince recorded this as a tongue-in-cheek, slightly gauche, slightly over-the-top parody ballad, within the context of a very futuristic cutting edge album, almost to let off, you know, to, to let people have a bit of a break. And it kind mm-hmm. of works in that context. But I think these lyrics are so are so clichéd, and are, by print standards certainly are so predictable, that it doesn't just, it doesn't seem like a proper Prince song to me
0: well yeah i mean again the simple rhymes the gentle breeze blows with ease okay saw that coming you know a mile away let's make it slow just like the wind blows but here's the thing about this though again and if i'm thinking about it in terms of how carol wrote it potentially because her version the gentle breeze it blows with ease is not she doesn't have those lyrics in her version it's interesting because like i said the first verse is almost identical uh, but then, when she sings the next section of lyrics, she starts it off with a line that we don't get until later in the song: "Loves in your eyes, eyes never lie." Then she says, "Let's make it slow, just like the wind blows. Let's make it last forever. A hundred times won't be enough. Tonight's the night for making slow." So love So in her her version, she doesn't say "blows" twice in the same grouping of lines. So, and this is again, I'm just going to reiterate: uh, this is my theory. I don't know for a fact if that's if her version of the song is exactly how she wrote it and anything different is what prince contributed but if that's true then uh he would have contributed blows that second time by adding the line the gentle breeze it blows with ease because maybe he was like well we talk about the wind blowing already and maybe i want to build on that theme by talking about the breeze and i can't think of another really good you know synonym for blows so i'm just gonna say blows again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, but uh anyway you're right it's, or, it's, or, or, it's very Jake, simple
1: it 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 backs up my theory that he's just making it even more corny than it already was, but
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there's maybe some credence to that i i am you're you're selling me on that concept more and more fruit <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see if it holds up as we go through the rest of the song.
0: Because It's definitely performed very um, sincerely and like it's a very serious love song. This is a serious love song, but maybe that's what makes it so uh cliched and corny is because yeah. it's over like it's serious to the point of parody almost e- exactly, exactly. Yeah. And
1: that's how I've always viewed it. And even the performance on Son of the Times, you know, with the bed and the big heart on top of it and cat being. Trying to act romantic yeah it it all kind of adds up in my, in my head anyway
0: yeah, I like it. <laughs> Alright, so then the the actual chorus, so technically we haven't had any chorus yet, if you're thinking of it, you know, from a formal structure standpoint, the chorus is slow love, so much better when we take it easy, slow love, so much better when we take our time. And um, I said it really quickly, because that's how you read it, but when it's performed, again, it's the slow is very drawn out in the slow love part of the chorus. Uh, I actually, I kind of, I like the chorus. Um, The chorus is really, to me, the chorus is the part that I enjoy. Like, I don't sing along to the song typically, but when it gets to the chorus, I just, for whatever reason, I can't help myself. I could sing the chorus along with Prince because it's kind of fun to try to draw out the slow along with him. Uh, to see if you know you have like that breath control where you <laughs> inhale a big breath so you can say, slow. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean I know I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit but it does feel like it's really drawn out and, and I don't know just the sim- the simplicity of it uh, the ease in which it is to sing like you don't he sings this song in his like lower register which makes it easy for um you know a, a man to sing it I guess in many ways and and maybe that's what draws me to singing this chorus is I can do it without straining my voice a little bit. Not that I I don't have a good singing voice. Anybody who's heard me on this show kind of try to do any kind of singing, which I don't do often um, would, would tell me that. But if they're being, you know, very blunt (laughs) in there, Uh, but at the same time, I still like to sing along to songs uh, because, you know, when you bear your vocals behind the actual songs, vocals, it sounds great, right? Just don't do it an isolation and nobody's going to get uh, offended. Um, but uh, I like the chorus. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the chorus, Farouk.
1: I, I do like the chorus. And like you said, it's it's quite a long build-up until you actually get there. So there, there is... Like halfway through of, the song. Yeah, exactly. So there is this sense of release when it actually happens. And like you said, it's quite well structured. Again, I think lyrically, there's not a huge amount to say um it kind of fits the pattern of the rest of the song in terms of it does what it says on the tin essentially there there there, there is little nuance there is not very much mystery it, it's uh it, it's quite direct but but it does i i think musically and vocally it definitely works in terms of just getting a sense of actually uh where is the song going oh okay here's a chorus Let, mm-hmm. let's reset and see where it goes next
0: Yeah, and it it offers a very, I think, kind of feminine approach towards sex and, and, um, you know, the thought process that sex should be something that is taken slowly. And I think, I mean, not to say that men can't enjoy a slow kind of uh, approach towards sexual intercourse, because obviously, you know, tantric sex is a thing and that's supposed to be very pleasurable for both. It's not just one sided experience. Um, but especially when you think of like maybe the youthful wham, bam, thank you, ma'am style of, of sex that some young men kind of fall into the trap of because for whatever reason, because they just haven't developed the kind of Sexual tools or skill set to be able to enjoy Pleasure for extended periods of time or just so focused on their own orgasms that it's just not something they think of and then that's something that they have to learn through Experience or being maybe taught by a more experienced Lover or something like that, but the whole idea of so much better when we take it easy so much better when we take our time It's it doesn't always Fit in with some of the more masculine and stereotypical thoughts of of sex from a male perspective especially a young man's perspective Uh, that's you don't hear a lot of young men singing about you know taking it slowly taking your time enjoying the moment it's uh, I think a lot of sexual songs in written by men and performed by men don't really focus on that so much and it's more about just the you know the the getting off and you know the act of it not the the build-up not the foreplay not all the stuff that goes into what we have to assume as a a slow love type scenario i don't think it's entirely uh, explaining like okay this needs to take hours you need to just draw it out <laughs> i'm not i'm not, that's not what i get from slow love making slow love it's more about the uh the approach of taking your time exploring each other very intimately um, not rushing things um and figuring out what what pleases the other partner instead of what just pleases yourself that's what i think of at least when i think of the concept of making slow love
1: that's that's quite an analysis jason thank you (laughs) No, I, I, I think that's true and uh, you know I, I think you're right in terms of perceptions of sex particularly male-centric perceptions of sex in those songs and um, in the 80s certainly now uh, even now sadly um, but in terms of I mean it contrasts so much with something with the track like it doesn't it where although it's not spelt out there is this kind of incessant kind of Jack Hammond beats and he's talking about his obsession and there is something slightly disturbing and dark about that, Um, whereas this is, this is quite a different vibe. I mean, quite almost the polar opposite in terms of its approach to, you know, this is not about obsession, like you said, it's about, it's about two partners who obviously either know each other or want to get to know each other and are respectful of these other of, whereas it is this kind of slightly psychotic dare i say self obsessed dark electronic thing and and this provides a counterbalance to it for all the reasons AIDS are set out
0: yeah it's not like Prince couldn't write a really sensual ballad that even if it obviously wasn't written from a woman's perspective because he 's not a woman, but can take some of the themes of slow love and 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 not just focus on you know the uh the sex part and focus more on the extended pleasure and in some of the foreplay aspects he was writing he can write songs like that he's done it many many times so it's not like he couldn't write this song i just think he no,
1: absolutely but, i mean look yeah. at um, look at a door that's just a superbly romantic song in quite a different way but mm-hmm. certainly that, that's not a male, I wouldn't say that was a male centric thing. If you listen to Anastasia on Love Sexy again, that, that is almost a sexually ambiguous song about obsession, but it's not male centric again. So you can clearly do that. But mm. like, like you said, just taking a step back and, and looking at it in the context of Sign of the Times, then it, it, there is a huge contrast between this and it, for example
0: yeah it just kind of makes me continue to to wonder what was it about this these lyrics this song from carol davis that he felt so drawn to 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 buy it from her or to offer to buy it from her and give her co-writing credits (laughs) when he know when you know that he could it would be one thing if he couldn't like if he just didn't have it in his wheelhouse to do a song like this like all he could do was it hot thing and you know like those types of songs (laughs) he's like man i need to diversify so let me find a a song a really a really romantic ballad that written by a woman and then i'll i'll you know sing that one and and, you know show everybody that i can you know perform songs that aren't nasty Um, no i mean he could do that he had been doing it and he continued to do it so again i don't i don't know the reasons i don't know the answers to the questions why he was so drawn to this and people can you know, theorize all they want, and maybe it was a little bit like he was interested in her and figured this would be an in, didn't work out that way. I don't know. That's or he just liked, like, you know, what this is a really nice song. I can see myself recording this, adding my own flavor to it. Um, and yeah. it was really simple, nothing, nothing deeper about it. Who knows?
1: Yeah, you we, we can't overanalyze sometimes, can't we? Uh, yeah, and it, it could just be something as simple. And as instinctive as exactly that, he just liked the sound of it. And he yeah. with, him, with a few tweaks and, you know, a few little changes, it will fit really well in the context of what the Dream Factory or Crystal Ball or Sign of the Times has ended up.
0: Mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to bring up, and I, I, I am going to shout out the author, Matt. Thorn on this concept because he brought it up in his excellent Prince Twitter thread on this song last year when the Sign of the Times Super Deluxe Edition was released. So all of the songs on this album, and, and a, a bunch of songs from the vault that were on the Super Deluxe Edition, a bunch of us kind of curated and did like these uh, extended Twitter threads on the songs. I did "You Got the Look" and "Wally," but Matt did "Slow Love." and i i reread his i mean i read it when he first dropped it back in october of, of 2020 and then i reread it in preparation for this because i'm like you know matt wrote a very comprehensive prince book um and so i i value like his thoughts on prince's music and of course you know i wanted to know a little more about what his thoughts are on this song and one one thing he brought up in his twitter thread was about prince's kind of obsession with time and and it's kind of manifests itself here in this song as well with the whole better when we take our time slow take it easy that's a very time these are very time-centric themes um and he did that throughout his career he had like multiple examples of, of songs where prince sings about you know the concept of time and whether you're moving much too fast, like in um, Little Red Corvette, or a song like Still Would Stand All Time off of Graffiti Bridge, and you've got even later in, the, in his career, Breakfast Can Wait. You know, again, time. Like we need more time to enjoy ourselves. So guess what? We're not gonna we're not gonna worry about breakfast. That can wait. We're gonna spend a little more time together here in in, in bed. Uh, and uh, I can't obviously cite every example of where Prince utilized or sung about or conceptualized time in his music, but I just thought it was interesting. Thought it was worth bringing up because this is a song that's clearly on in the same kind of category of Prince and time themes. So. That is a good point.
1: And yeah, I agree with you about Matt Ford's book, It it is um, exceptionally comprehensive in terms of the level of detail. Um, and I recall reading um, your your Twitter thread, by the way, was very, very good indeed. So uh, I really enjoyed reading that. But I didn't read Thank Matt. You. But you're right about, um, I mean, apart from the um, references to his recorded stuff regarding time, there's there's a lot of interviews where he's talked about time almost being irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, things like one of the reasons he doesn't have mobiles is it always reminded him it it kept him too connected. And there was a sense that you have normal time and then you have Prince time, right? And Prince time is this ethereal kind of landscape where lots of nebulous and beautiful things happen. And normal time is the rat race. You know, um, Manic Monday referenced that very early on. So, so there is this big difference between Prince's created world and his intended world, and and the real world that he seems to has spent much of his career trying to escape. And time is absolutely a really important factor in differentiating the two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good point, Fruit. all right so the final the final verse of lyrics in the song is what we're up to now and those lines are loves in your eyes eyes never lie don't rush the feeling you've got me reeling See through race car drivers, let me show what I'm made of. Let me show you what I'm made of, sorry. Tonight is the night for making slow love. Uh, So this verse is, again, if we just go back to the theory that Carol's version is lyrics she wrote, and, and that and only that, like she didn't utilize Prince's lyrics. The whole, don't rush the feeling, you've got me reeling, you can see through race car drivers, let me show you what I'm made of. Those are not in her version. She does not sing those lines.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I was going to Uh ask you that.
0: Yeah, it is interesting because the race car driver's thing, the the race car driver's line is one of the more intriguing lines in the song.
1: Uh, Yeah, for me, that's the most interesting line in the song because it almost, it turns a little red Corvette on its head, doesn't it? Where he... Little that he's worried about well I mean the, there's the car thing, but he's worried about the jockeys that were there before me, whereas here it's it's almost the opposite of that, it's like oh okay, race car drivers who cares um'cause yeah, you,
0: right right. yeah. you can see right yeah. through them. right can see right through and i what I get from that is a anybody who's trying to uh take the fast approach <laughs> is is not really worth the time, you know you can see right through their shtick or whatever like they're uh they're not they're not worth your time because they're not going to to do it right you know they're not going to pay attention to the things that you need uh the way that i will so you know dismiss them that's not how you that's not how we're going to make love we're not going to do it race car style you know (laughs) um and yeah and it, it makes sense uh to me like it just adds more I don't know weight to the to my theory that this was a this specific line and maybe the lines before couple before it were were prince's contributions from a lyrical perspective. That just sounds like something he would write. Like it's it's a very prince line, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And it, right somebody else writing it uh feels different, feels weird, doesn't feel like it just fits in more with what he has done with his imagery and some of his um, analogies. So I buy it. I buy it completely that this is his line. Whether it is or not, I don't know, but I buy it.
1: I think that makes sense. You know, I think we can agree that this is probably the most interesting and most novel and most unique couple of lines in the whole track because the rest of it is quite schmaltzy. Whereas this. You know, I, I mentioned a little red Corvette and the kind of themes running through that, and I think you know you, you kind of mirrored my thoughts there as well, Jason. This does seem originally Prince, and the way he presents himself, the way that he's positioning himself, is consistent with the rest of the song. But actually, lyrically, it's far more sophisticated and there's, it's far more nuanced than the rest of the track. And for me, this is you know, there's, there's some kind of after we've had that. Rather nice chorus lyrically. This this kind of just just lifts it.
0: Mm-hmm. And even the line after that, "Let me show you what I'm made of," mm-hmm. that also feels like a really Prince line to me. Like he he tries to, or he he expresses the interest in proving himself or the desire to prove himself in other songs. And I didn't write any examples of it, but I I feel like that's a line I've heard. Maybe not word for word but the idea of let me show you, I'm going to show you what I can do, which is basically yeah. what that's saying. Let, let me show you what I'm made of. That wasn't in Carol's version. So if we think that that's Prince's line, another contribution, which um, you know, we think the line maybe before was as well, it it also, to me, sounds very Prince-like because he has done similar things in songs, especially in ballads, where he's very interested in, in making sure that... Um, You know, he's given a chance, given an opportunity. Let me show you, you know, you may look at me and not think that I uh, have what it it takes. And maybe some of this is built off of some, you know, youthful insecurities he might have had. And then to show like or to say that, to express that verbally in a song, let me show you what I'm made of. Uh, I think it's just kind of expresses again his desire or his thoughts that especially in the concept of this song that he has what it takes to to please a woman uh, and he'll do, you know, go above and beyond basically, he'll be that gold star earner, you know um, he wants to make sure that she's satisfied her pleasure is of utmost importance and this has been brought up before in uh, previous episodes where we've had ballads and kind of sex songs because that's something that is important to him in these types of songs and these types of ballads to express that and so it just feels like another very princely line
1: it, it, I, I, yeah i totally agree with you That uh, i mean i'm pretty sure there's probably lots of examples we can we can point to in terms of let me show you etc the only one that i can think of right now actually is in get off where he says let me show you baby i'm a talented boy
0: um, yeah, sure. That's, that's one that's of many. Sure.
1: Context. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's dozens of others. Um, but, but that's in quite a different way, I think, because, you know, here, I mean, they're both underpinned by his massive confidence, obviously. But I think the methods he's delivering here is very different to the, <laughs> to, to the orgy he's suggesting you can get off. Mm mm-hmm.
0: But, I mean, really, that's the song. That's it. Because then we get the, yeah. the chorus again. The chorus doesn't change. And, you know, the song kind of fades out with him singing the chorus. Um, and that's, like I said, still love. There's really no nothing from a musical standpoint. I mean, sure, I'll br- besides the besides the orchestration and the backing singles uh, singers of Wendy and Lisa, I think the other thing that really kind of, and I have failed to mention it so far is the horns this song has got strong horn um, contributions from eric Leeds and atlanta bliss and you know that when i think of this song i think a lot of the horns too that i mean that's a very memorable part of the song it is not necessarily even lyrics or vocals or even anything prince did he might have composed it and i think I think we found over time that uh, through interviews that Eric is like, yeah, he would just kind of mimic what he wanted, the the sounds that he wanted us to make. So we could do that with our horns because Prince wasn't, you know, really a horn player, but he knew the sounds in his head. And he's yeah. like, I want you to do this with your sax or with your, your trumpet, whatever. So uh, I, I think that even though he didn't perform those portions of the song, certainly he composed them and basically told him how he wanted it to sound so i had to at least mention it because to talk about slow love and not mention the horns at all would be i think a mistake (laughs)
1: Uh, definitely the horns absolutely drive it and also i think your your point is entirely valid because certainly post-revolution i think prince had this thing about you know, becoming more of a bandmaster. I mean, he always was, but I think it's really, um, really, really obvious on the Sign of the Times tour and and all the album as well. You know, he's 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 doing that Duke Ellington thing where he's conducting this big band he's got and the big sand And like you said, he's never a horn player, although he could play everything else. But mm-hmm. he certainly understood the context of the horns and where they work. And it's interesting the. Um, sure you know this as well um but you know the love sexy live version of this was like a minute but it it is it is the horns that actually totally make it um uh, and and much of that act as well and and this is prince kind of going from global pop star to you know the eccentricity of around the world and day and parade and then re-emerging out of you know out of his chrysalis or his cocoon as the you know the. The most talented rock there are in the world, but underpinned by this musical credibility that lies in his ability to bring out the best of all the different sounds that he has at his disposal from all these musicians, like you said, people like Atlanta Bliss and Eric Leeds and obviously Claire Fisher, but the rest of the band chi et cetera et cetera um who worked on talent of the times and and just creating something that is bigger than the sum of its parts and I think slow love is interesting because. Yeah, like we've talked about, a lot of the lyrics are fairly banal, a little a bit cliched, um, maybe slightly tongue-in-cheek. But he lifts it to a different level through, through, like you said, the, those couple of lines he adds, the the instrumentation, the orchestration, the direction, and the production, and that's that's what made Prince a genius, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, this song could have been schmaltzy and and really forgettable. <laughs> Uh, it could have been a t-
1: disastrous karaoke thing, couldn't
0: <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully, it's not because, uh, while some people may overlook it, uh, it's not, a, in my opinion, a weak song. So it, it, it doesn't drag down the album, um, at all.
1: No, uh, yeah. no, no. there there are no weak songs on Sound of And the fact that it made the cut from going from Dream Factory to Crystal Ball to, um, To shows that there is some underlying integrity to the whole.
0: Oh yeah, he had plenty of opportunities to just cut it, you know, cut the fat, because he had to cut the fat, literally, uh, with Crystal Ball, when they were like, yeah, three albums, three discs, nope.
1: And he cuts a lot of very good fat as well. Yeah, exactly. That's a different series of podcasts, obviously, but, but the fact that this survived actually, when things like All My Dreams, for example, didn't shows that he must have really valued it and you know who are we to argue with prince
0: exactly and um yeah i think that's a, a really good way to kind of close this episode out uh, any final thoughts farouk
1: nothing over and above that the only thing i've mentioned is that i believe that Mate um recorded a version that was never released um, which uh, um, which would be interesting to hear. But again, the fact that that happened in, well, it must have been the early 90s, right? Yeah. Shows that it was still lingering in Prince's memory. So it must mean something to him, despite the fact that, as we said, right at the onset of this pod, Jason, that, that you know, the initial lyrics didn't even come from him. So there is something that clearly resonated with Prince about this, this, this track. The fact that he turned it slightly tongue-in-cheek is is pure Prince because he's always done that throughout his career. Um, he lifted it a level with the addition of a couple of lines, and you know, like, as we just said, he lifted it to a whole new level with the with the orchestration and the instrumentation. And yeah, I, I believe it sits beautifully within the context of Sound of Times.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, I think we took our sweet time with this episode, and I'm glad that we did because <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't sure if we were going to have a lot to talk about. I mean, it's got a fascinating history, but I wasn't sure if there was like when we got to the song itself, would we have much to talk about? <laughs> Cause the lyrics are not that deep, but we have uh, managed to have a pretty thorough discussion and I'm pleased with, with uh, how it turned out. So I wanted to thank you again, Farouk, for joining me on the episode. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on. And this has been the Presser Wine Prince Lyrics podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. Uh, find the show on, um, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, um, Our heart Radio. You can also find me at presserwine.net, where I like to uh, write up little um, blurbs about different music and Prince songs as I'm recording them and back, you know, doing some back catalog stuff. So hopefully, you'll check out the website. Also, got a Discord. I'll put the Discord link if you like chatting about Prince and Prince music in real time. Hopefully, those of you who enjoy that medium will check that out as well and uh if you also enjoy the show i'd appreciate a uh, a rating on apple it really does help to get the, the show out there and to uh, get it heard by more listeners if if people rate it and even review is nice as well it's, it's always great to to get feedback from listeners and i appreciate every single one of you so until next time thank you very much and goodbye